Hi, Catherine. Good to see you again. Hi, how Josh. You yeah, you as well. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm good. Um, why don't you start by telling us uh, uh, how we know each other and and maybe a bit about your background? Okay, how we know each other. Yeah, well, yes, I, I met you in Manchester back in... When did we have the meeting? August before Insulate Britain campaign. And we all met at the camp in the grounds of the university, the, the protest camp for, for not not building things on the on the university on ground fields. and what's it called rybank fields ah right thank you that's where that's where we were and we were in a tent i think a bell tent and it was basically getting the team the northern team together for the first time and uh yeah yeah that's very memorable <laughs> and then we i think we went out and we did a little bit of practice um on the field for pretending that we had motorway well it wasn't even motorway bits really but you know off the motorway roundabouts and so on but but going into lanes and where we were going to lanes and so yeah there was a lot of a lot of very very thoughtful um um organization the planning sort of thing that went into the safety the safety of of the of, of going onto the road and so on so yeah that was a good day i enjoyed that mm. that's where we met the first time yeah so um so you uh catherine here was um catherine was in my uh insulate britain block team uh you know my original block team we uh went went out and closed the n25 together uh, repeatedly um i became quite i came quite fond of our team to be honest Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think when you're spending that sort of time and doing quite scary things, really, with with, um, you know, it, it's it's um, you build up a lot of trust and um, and friendship. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. That was. Um, yeah. I, 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 um, I did. I just did the first fortnight of that, um, I think, because we had been the idea really was it. But, prior to COP27, wasn't it, that we were, no, COP26, that um, mm -hmm. to, to try and get 100 of us on remand for taking climate action, you know, before a, before a conference on climate. Um, and we know that these all are, they all pre fail pretty dismally. Um, and we kept, we went out and we told the police that we were going to go out again if, when they, re if they released us, but they kept releasing us. Um, to clearly that mm -hmm. to me seemed to be uh, yeah it was it was now you know they they would have no no doubt that they would arrest you or put you you know um, or put you on remand or something for doing that but then I, obviously with COP twenty six it would have been an embarrassment um, possibly to have that number of people asking for insulation of social housing what a radical idea. <laughs> anyway yeah so that was uh, i did the first fortnight and i think the idea was that if you did a fortnight that would probably be enough but then it wasn't obviously it needed to carry on mm -hmm. so i joined again once more in october for one more block um before um yeah before there was a bit of a a break in that um yeah, you see, I'll give you a bit of my background then. My background on, yeah. on kind of 
protest activism or whatever. Um, I, I guess um, I've been... Um, I joined Friends of the Earth in, the early, in my early 20s and actually mm -hmm. campaigned. I did one of the very first, one of the first Friends of the Earth campaigns, which was to get Schweppes to take their bottles back and reuse them. This wasn't even kind of recycling. This was reusing them. And I, I went, um, I had a friend who was working in the office at the time, and I think that was partly why I got involved. And we went out onto the Edgware Road outside Sainsbury's. And I think I was dressed up as, I was a bottle. I was inside some bottle thing and my friend was a jar and I'm very envious of her because I couldn't actually see a thing. Um, and we, yeah, so we, we did a, a bit of a campaign there. I think it had a little bit of effect. Um, I think there was a certain amount of then recycle or reusing of the bottles um, and a few campaigns with them. Um, and then, I don't know, through the through, over time, I've been done marches, I've done, you know, standing outside places with banners, and it really doesn't do any good. It just, it just, you know, it really doesn't achieve very much, put it that way, for the effort that goes in, it doesn't achieve very much. Mm -hmm. But yeah, mm -hmm. I've been, um, then I got involved in Extinction Rebellion in the April of 20. 19. Um, I actually have quite a funny story about that because in 2018 in November, which was the first Insulate Britain action, I think, I'm sorry, um, um, XR action, Extinction Berlin action, was blocking the bridges in London. And I at the time was coming from um, family down in the south of London and going back up to Euston to get the train. And I'd got a specific train. I, I, I had you know, I couldn't, if I couldn't, if I got another train, I'd have to pay more money or I'd have to pay, you know, I, I had one particular ticket. And when we stopped, we got the bus, I was being taken the bus up and it stopped at Waterloo and the driver, she said, I'm afraid we can't go any further. The bridge is blocked. And I had kind of heard on the airwaves that this was going on. And I thought, yes, fantastic. You know, they've blocked the bridge. OK, what do I do now? Um, and I think if I hadn't had this ticket to get myself back, I probably would have gone out there and, and, and you know, gone and joined or seen what was going on. But as it was, I kind of hopped onto the tube and went off back up to up to up north. But, um, yeah, I was I was uh, I was I was really, really pleased, <laughs> which is kind of strange when you've been blocked yeah. um, um, and stopped going somewhere. So that's kind of a, a slight irony there. Um, yeah, so I, 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 I didn't get arrested at all during the April. I then went to the October action. I tried getting arrested, but then they did arrest me uh, and de-arrested me uh, because they had far too many people. And I think they were getting a bit overwhelmed, the police, um, in the num with the numbers. Um, but again, you know, it didn't, it raised, it did raise awareness. And I think it was, um, it was so good. But then the pandemic came. And I think everything just started to shut down and it was, uh, it was, it was, oh dear. I found that really difficult because we weren't allowed to go anywhere. And yet all the mess the government was doing, things like carrying on building HS2 um, and, you know, basically with impunity because nobody could go mm. and, and, and take any action. So um, then, yeah, and then Institute Britain came along and I remember a friend here saying, you know, 
how about it? And I have to say, I thought long and hard about it because it kind of sounded very scary. And then you actually think I've got to do something. We've got to do something. This is, you know, um, this is not good and we're not getting anywhere. And this government has been in for too long and is um, basically selling us, selling us down the polluted rivers. Um, so, yeah, so that basically mm. is where I where I got to. And then I carried on since then. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I could. I want to. By the way, now, now, um, now we're recording. I, I want to tell you. Um, we'll come back to that in a sec. But I want to tell you where I've just been. So I've just been to my unpaid work now. That's my punishment for uh, sil Silverstone action. And it was at a food bank. And in the food bank, they had um, they had obviously the food that was going out, but then they had the food that was too close to the sell-by date. So it had it is less than three days to the sell-by date. They, they weren't allowed to ship it out, so it all got put into a big bin. So I've been with permission, obviously from the food bank. I've just brought back like a lot of food, basically, like piles and piles and piles of food. And not only that, they had crates of beer as well, and they said you can take as many of. They had crates of lager. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Did they, they go out of date? No, but they said it was said we can have as many as we want. So I've, I've taken 38 cans of lager as well. So um, I'm quite pleased with uh, my unpaid work today. <laughs> that, yeah, but that's so, so that's that's basically food that the food bank doesn't want then. Uh -huh. mm. That they can't take. Gosh, yes. Yeah, that's a another huge issue, isn't it? Food waste. Yeah, um, yeah. Literally, imagine, um, imagine like a dumpster, the size, like a big dumpster, full to the top of packaged sealed food. Like most of it, like it was either going out that out of date that day or going out of date in like a uh, tomorrow or the day after. So it was all still in date. Just, mm. um, I've. Um, I I don't. I don't buy meat anymore, but if it's going to go to waste, I will eat it. So I've just had a big plate full of lamb chops and, and uh, chicken and steak uh, all on one, all on one plate. Cause it's all, it's all on its last day and it all needs using yeah, yeah. and it's going to go in the bin otherwise. Yeah. So I've just had a bit of a meat feast. Cause I won't, I won't buy yeah, it anymore. I know it's always a... No, no, it's a dilemma, isn't it? Because I have, I've been vegetarian for quite a long time, but I actually decided about just over a year ago to embrace veganism. I just thought, you know, let's let because partly because I know that I mean, cheese is the main thing. I think when you're, um, you know, if you're vegan, mm. um, but cheese is really so bad for you. I thought, well, okay, you know, I'll I'll um, I'll stop, but I do, yeah. Food waste is. Uh, I think it's um, it's being a what is it some people call it a freegan um so if the food is going to go to waste it will be eaten. and I, i'm similar i will always cook at home i will cook vegan but um if i'm it yeah if if food i, I won't waste food yeah there there are limits though i think when people think about what's your limit i think it kind of slimy ham slices in in plastic and i think no i really don't think i could go down that route <laughs> yeah yeah 
So you're so you're at food bank. That's brilliant. So, yeah. So how many days are you doing there? Um, I um, well, today was my first day. To be honest, it was part of my unpaid work. Um, yeah, to, mm. to, today was literally the first day. So I'm quite uh, quite chuffed to be honest. Like, um, yeah, the the first lot of unpaid work that I got given. Uh, it was like sweeping up, a, sweeping stones in a car park. You know what I mean? It didn't really feel very, very. You know, I didn't really feel like I was being used for much good. Much good, but um, working in a food bank and sorting food for between, like, you know, sorting the good stuff out. It felt like I was actually doing something productive, and I jumped. I did it with, did it with glee. Do you know what I mean? And there was a lot of other volunteers yeah. there as well. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, I. It seems to be. I know that. Um, they seem to be sort of limited places you can go and do the the the, the community hours, this stuff that's supposed to sort of rehabilitate, mm. isn't it, or something, or or um, which always seems a quite a strange concept in in uh, in the case of kind of climate protest. Um, but it seems to be that it's a limited. They have certain things like charity shops or food banks that you can go to, but you can't just choose. A good place to go to or to use your skills which seems a bit daft really um you know if you if you've got skills in something why not go and do voluntary stuff there you know it's uh i mean I, today i just actually did a a day i mean this is this is actually voluntary just voluntary voluntary um we've got a zero waste shop here and i know they struggle a bit you know they they it's um mm -hmm. and so um, and sometimes they, some one of them is the person who's meant to be running it is a ch their child is ill or something so they can't come in. So I said, well, if you train me up, then if this is if somebody can't come in, if I'm free, then I can come in and make sure the shop's open. Um, and I, I mean, you know, if I'm likely to get some community service soon, I think. Um, and so it would be really useful to be able to do it somewhere like that. You know, because all the profits that they have from this zero waste shop, they actually give to ch as a charity that they run. So any profit goes to that. Um, so you know, it's it is a it's not a kind of commercial commercial enterprise in that sort of way. And yeah, but I I don't know. I mean, I think there's certain things they say. No, you can go and work in this charity shop, or you know, you can go and I don't know. I, I mm. no doubt no doubt I'll find out. But. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's um. So you, so you're, you're, uh, you're you can, uh, you can ask, then, you're... you can ask to put in different places. Sorry, you can ask to go to. Uh, yeah, yeah. Whether they say yes or no. I know when we were given being given community service uh, at sentencing recently, um, I actually didn't get community service because I said that I would carry on in resistance that I would carry on. And so the judge gave me a custodial sentence. He gave me five weeks in prison for saying mm -hmm. that I would carry on. Um, but the, um, and so did one other person in our group of seven, I think it was. The other, um, the other five, they were given, um, yeah, they were given um, work to do in the community. And one person I mean, who's, a, who's a trained um, therapist, you know, she said, could I not give people therapy? Would that not be a, you know, and the judge said, yes, that would be very, very, that would probably be very nice, but it doesn't work like that. So, you know, 
but I suppose I guess if we if we ask and we push a bit, maybe I'll try that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know what luck Bob would have with it, but uh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Um... Yeah. So, did you did, did you tell them that you were going to continue, you know, blocking roads and things out of principle? Like, you're not just gonna, you know, say you can't just say uh, I'm not going to do it. Well, you could have lied, but I mean, was that like out of principle? Mm. Yeah. Well, it is, um, and also because I'm in court, and I I I don't lie. You don't lie in court, and so. Uh, uh, yeah, so I, I couldn't lie, you know, and also, yes, out of principle, because, um, yeah, I don't, you know, they, they, there's a lot of uh, trying to stop people, trying to stop us, as we all know, the latest bit on the Police Crime and Sentencing Courts Bill now, they've added on the, the, the fact that um, minor disruption of more than two people or two people or more is now serious disruption and arrestable you know i mean it, they, the 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 government is pushing so hard to um try to stop what is at the moment our, our slow marches that we're doing in london and around the country um but mainly in london every day just stop all has been doing them every day since the 24th of April. Um, and we have a we have a right to legal protest. Um, you know, it is legal to, to protest. We, we have a have right to Have you been slow marching? Um, yes, yes. I was just, I've done, I, I've um, done some up north. Um, I think our first one I did was actually in Manchester. Um, and actually, the other, last Saturday I was doing did one in Manchester as well, along with there are about fifty of us. You know, it's it's interesting. The numbers are definitely growing. Um, I've done a couple in Lancaster, uh, one in Liverpool, and a few in. Uh, I've been down in London as well, doing some down there. Um, and I think they they are effective. Um, they are effective because even Can though ask, yeah. you know nobody likes to. I want to, I want to ask you um, how does a slow march how how does it feel uh, comparing a slow march to actually sitting in the road? Well, I guess you feel you're not doing quite so much disruption. Uh, you are disrupting, but you know because you are actually moving, um, then if there you know junctions and. Obviously, it's all done done um, very, uh, you know safely. But if there are junctions, then cars can go off. Um, yes, I I, um, I guess in some ways the slow marches feel slightly more edgy because you have got kind of traffic and often they're edging up to you. I've, I've been on the back on the back banner because the back uh, the people at the back will hold their banner um, facing, because obviously always go in the direction of the traffic um, and hold the banner so that, you know, the, the, the cars can obviously see it and sometimes we'll walk backwards with it as well. Um, so it feels more, 
I don't know, because cars are, they don't stop. They haven't stopped, which they do, obviously, if you've got a, if you're sitting at the road and you're blocking, the cars will stop with this. They are still moving. And sometimes they, they will do rather silly things like get up on the pavement and drive around you. Um, but then, you know, that's their choice um, to do that. But, you know, obviously one wants to, needs to, to watch out for it. And, uh, you know, you're not there to try and block everybody don't want to, I mean you don't want to block people um if you know if, if there's a ways around mm -hmm. but obviously you uh you know you need to raise awareness and for it to make the news so that people are so that it, you know <laughs> we have the conversations that we need to have about the climate crisis um but yeah no I've done I did I did a couple of mini marches as well which is it which is just I did it with four others so with five of us instead of a banner we had placards and we walked on one side of the road down so cars could actually go around us. Um, and one of the times I was actually on the outside, which is a little bit, you know, when you've got your back to the traffic and you're on the outside lane, it's a little hairy because you're never quite sure, you know, you're never quite sure if people are going to because they would come past and often they cut in quite closely in front of you. Um, so... But yes, the, mm. the um, you know, and at the moment they are legal. You know, we, we do we do have a right to, we do have a right to the road. You know, it is a public highway um, and cars seem to think that they, or some, not the cars, the cars have nothing to do with this. The car drivers, many of the car drivers seem to feel that the car, that the road is theirs and theirs alone. And I know this as a cyclist, you know, you you feel could feel quite vulnerable as a cyclist as well because cars can be Yeah. Yeah. So uh yeah. So the mini marches and the, the bigger marches. Um I think they I yeah, and I and I think they, they will they will be keeping going. I'm going down again to London um in a couple of weeks. Um because it's uh the northern teams turn again. Are you coming? Yeah, no, it isn't you can't, it? can you? Oh God, I'm, I can't. I can't. I've, I've. No. Look, uh, I've got my nice little uh, ankle tag. Can't really the see tag. that on the camera, on yeah. my camera. But um, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm restricted, so I. Uh, I, I've got Man Greater Manchester and Lancashire, and uh, that's it. That's it. Well, uh, do you have yes, to, do you can... having to live and live and sleep at home. Are you having to live and sleep at home? Uh, yeah, I've got to live and sleep at home. Uh, I've got to report to the police station every Sunday. I'm not allowed to take part in any form of protesting. Um, yeah, to be honest, I've got a probation worker. Uh, I've got to do unpaid work. It's been a pain in the ass, to be honest. All these restrictions on my life, but um, I don't regret. I don't regret the actions that I took to get to have them. You know, um, I think if I had been, I, I was going to go to the slow march actually uh, on Man in Manchester on this Saturday, but I was in Preston and I I overslept at my uh, I I overslept and I. And I uh, Missed it basically, um, which I'm not very happy about because I was quite looking forward to it. Yeah. But if I had done that slow march, then technically I would have been in breach of my bail and they could have arrested me and thrown me in prison. 
But I think I'd come to the point where I was okay with that, you know. Um, if that if I got thrown in prison for for simply marching down the road peacefully, then um, so be it. Because you you've spent quite a bit of time in prison, haven't you? Was that yeah, on bail? Or, I, uh, I spent, was that um, on bail? A remand. That was on remand. So I spent 170 Sorry, on days remand, in prison yeah. on remand. And um, I got to the point yeah. where I I've, I came accustomed to it. So now, like a short prison stay is like a few weeks or whatever. It's not really a threat to me. It's not really um, a deterrent. Right, um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not afraid of them anymore. I'm not afraid of prison. No. No, I think it's, uh, it, it is interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, this is, oh, just trying to, trying to shut everything down. I just, I just, yeah, I just find it quite, it's not depressing really, but it's just, you you know, you, you wonder where, where the government's coming from, um, you know, when they, they, they know what they need to do. Everybody knows what they need to do, you know, and all they need to do is at the moment, stop all new oil and gas licenses um, 130, isn't it, in the North Sea that they are planning oh. on licenses and consents? Um, I you think know, it's like 130 nationwide. Opened... I think, I, yeah, I think it's, but I think it's mainly in the North Sea because that seems to be where they, where they have the oil and gas. Um, but yes, it is. Whether it's nationwide, yes, but it, it's yes around the coast of of of, mm. of the country. Um, you know, and they've opened up. I mean, and. I, they give them such, you know, they give them these wonderful names like Rosebank and Willow. And, you know, and you think, no, you know, give, give them give them a name that's, you know, commensurate with with the, the, the damage that they're doing. Um, yeah, it's all this kind of trying to make things seem as though they're, they're nice and friendly and OK. Um, but, you know, and they're not, they're spending, what is it, 230 million a week? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of our money um, on, on subsidies for the oil and gas industry, 230 million a week. And then, and then they, and they don't do the windfall tax. They say, oh no, we won't, we won't put out a windfall tax. Uh, and as long as you reinvest your money in oil and gas, you know, I mean, it's just, it's absolutely crazy. And I, I just find it very, I actually find it hugely upsetting. I mean, I've got two grandchildren and all the young people, I mean, the young people around, people in the global south. I just, you know, I can't believe, I cannot believe that they can be so awful, that they can be so, so greedy. Um, I think, I, you know, I, I, I just don't think that they're, I don't know, they're, they can't be what we call right in the head. I mean, they can't, you know, they, to have that sort of desire for power and, because I think that's a lot of it, you know, half the time they don't need yeah, they don't need money. They don't these oil and gas executives and so on, and the MPs and so on. They don't need the money, you know. All these very wealthy, these billionaires, and it's just it's a power thing, I guess. Um, but you know, were the the pawns in their game? Um, Can I ask? Um, I just wanted to ask. Um, could you? Could you walk us through, like, what it was like for you when you first were uh, 
thinking about joining Insulated Britain when you was weighing up prison and when you was weighing up, you know, the damages that it would do to your life and how you was balancing that with how you feel about your grandchildren and their future? Um, I think it's... Um, I don't think I could have carried on living with myself if I hadn't stepped up um, because there's absolutely no reason for me not to do it. Um, you know, the position I'm in, my, the age I am, position I am in in terms of work I work with my daughter but you know I can well, that, that's negotiable um, you know it's not as I've got an employer who's going to say oh you can't do this or you know I I do have to we negotiate <laughs> we can negotiate time off work um, that time that I can go and and um, take action and also you know if I'm likely to have a prison term you know if I can be spared so with the with insulate Britain there uh, we had, yeah, I, I'd organised that first fortnight so that, you know, if I if I were put on on um, remand, then, you know, that that was was kind of organised um, and not a surprise. Um, I love my grand. Well, we all love our we all love our family, don't we? And I just I, I. Yeah, I, I can't not do this, really. I mean, I, I, I actually don't I know it sounds strange, I actually don't care about myself really I don't care um you know if they want to put me in prison for I, I don't know I did one time said oh you know if I could if I knew that I could give them a future then you know I'd go into prison you know till I'm dead I'm not I mean it's hard it would be hard I I have I, I did find a time I was on remand and didn't quite know how long it was going to be. And I'm sure you had that sort of thing, that it's quite difficult mm -hmm. when you don't know how long you're going to be in there. If you know, if you're given a prison sentence, you, you say, okay, I'm in for this length of time and you kind of sort yourself out. But when it's kind of always this, oh, am I going to get bail? But uh, uh, anyway, um, I'm not scared. No, like you, I'm not scared of going to prison. Um, it's, I'm far, far more scared. I'm far, far more scared of of what's happening to our you know our beautiful planet um and i i've always said you know with doing these things i'm i'm a body um you know i i'm in a position to be able to do this and so i have absolutely no excuse not to um so that's really my take on it yeah and a lot of the time when i'm not doing it i feel that I need to be, <laughs> so it it feels strange going, coming back, and just you know regular life. Um, yeah, I mean I've kind of I live very frugally. Um, I don't need very much, um, and most of the any spare cash I have is used on kind of train fares to go and do actions and things like that. Or uh, <laughs> yeah, but yes, in terms of my grandchildren and my grandchildren, my grandchildren bless them. I mean they're they're very supportive. My I live, I live in my daughter's garden. Uh, we've had a, a little eco build um, done in her garden. So I actually have literally, I look across up at their house. It's sort of, you know, a few yards away, um, but it's nice. So I'm kind of, I have my work up kind of in my cabin in the garden. Um, and the, they're all very supportive. Um, and my grandchildren are, my, my grandson will wear just stop all badges to school. And, um, when I spent a bit of time in mm -hmm. prison and I wrote to them, they took my they took my letters into school. 
to to show their friends and their teachers. Wow. So, which is interesting because it it it's um. You know when they know me and they see me. You know here I am. You know granny and there's this granny. You know who appear. You know who 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 is a nice person. <laughs> and I am a nice person. You know. I mean I'm I'm. You know. And then they. Uh, it, it's interesting that I think it um puts a different slant for them on. You know they think about people going to prison and all this sort of thing. That um that there can be times when it's it's not just um you know and we know that from. I know when being in prison, there are many people in there, not nothing to do with, you know, obviously to do with climate activism and so on. You're, it's, um, you are a political prisoner. Um, but, you know, there were women in our prison. They shouldn't have been there. You know, they've been failed by the system um, mm-hmm. you know, further back down the line. So, uh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, no, my grandchildren are, <laughs> bless them, they're very supportive. Oh, that's really nice. Thank you, Josh. Yeah. And it's, you know, you, I mean, goodness sake, you're, you're so young, you know, and I, I just, as I say, I feel, and I actually, to tell you the truth, I feel I'm angry with my generation for not pushing harder. You know, it's, you know, these things are happening and then, I don't know, it was like in, through the 19, through the 80s, I was, having my two children and you know you know this is going on then but that was the time when the oil companies were paying scientists to say it's fine it's fine it's not you know it's it's not human human um caused and so on and so you go into a kind of soft denial um and yeah i can't think you know because children do take up a lot of your time and so on and i did do the odd you know i did odd bits of um, kind of anti-nuclear things and a few marches, etc. But nothing, you know, we weren't doing. There wasn't anything very robust. Not like you know, mm-hmm. the the Insulate Britain and and the Just Stop Oil or even XR as when it was. Um, so I am. I just feel I feel very very not individually responsible, but I feel my generation is hugely responsible for this mess. Um, you know, and so that's why that's why I do that's why I do this. Um, yeah, maybe a certain amount of reparation. But yeah, no. yeah, it is. It's uh, yeah, you youngsters, and even me. I mean, I mean, I intend to be around for a while longer. Uh, I'm not that. You know, I actually. Hmm? I'm not that young anymore. I'm uh, I'm 30 years old now, so uh, I'm not in my 20s anymore. I know you are, just Oh, but Josh, that's that's so young. <laughs> Believe you me, you might not think so. But um, I know it's not like, you know, when one's out, you know, in teams with kind of 20-year-olds and 21-year-olds. But, you, you know, you're young. You know, we're still talking. We're still talking, you know, if you live to be 80 or 90, you know, it's another 60 years. We're still talking pretty much the end of the end of the... Um, of the century, oh. um, you know. God, I, I, I so do, it's, I it's... do wonder. Um, I do wonder what, what, what kind of world am I gonna, am I gonna see, in my lifetime? What, mm. what wars am I gonna see? Like, say, like, for example, if someone was born a hundred years before me, in eight, in eighteen ninety three, so nineteen ninety three, 
you know, they would have seen World War One, the Spanish flu, World War Two, the Great Depression, to name a few things, you know. And I just can't help mm. but wonder, what are we going to see? The thing is that with things like the wars and so on, you do hope that they will end. Um, whereas so much, so much now, I think of wars. The wars are out, out in out in uh, the in the east and so on. They so much of them, I, I'm sure, are um, brought about. Well, they're brought about by. I mean, civil war brought about by kind of drought, so lack of food. Um, lack of resources, you know, so it, it's a sort of thing where, you know, if you had like the First World War, it was kind of for, uh, it was a political reason um, mm -hmm. and the same with the second, mm -hmm. you know, and so once that kind of thing gets sorted, it's, it's you know, they, 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 it, they are appalling, but they are, it's kind of like if they ended, then things can be rebuilt. But, you know, here now, I mean, once the Arctic melts, you know, you can't get the Arctic back again. Um, not unless, you know, everything shuts down, all the CO2 emissions shut down and the methane and so on. And even then, it, you're not going to get it back for thousands of years. You know, so it is these, it's this kind of tipping points. It's these climate uh, things that are going to cause water shortages and food shortages, yeah, and, and, and subsequently war and so on. And I just think a lot of the time people haven't got a clue because the, the press just is so poor you know it's like oh we don't want to rock the boat we don't want to scare people um you know and i think possibly you know if people if people knew i do believe that if people were told this is what we need to do in order to give our loved ones and so on a future give our children and so on I'm sure people would we saw that in covid you know that people will will you know um comply with things if they if it's for a greater good but nobody's being really being allowed to make mm -hmm. that choice so i don't try i'm being i it sounds it sounds all very pessimistic really with this but you know i'm i think we need i think we need to build a lot of, we need to build resilience we need to build um yeah adapt we need to adaptation i mean where we haven't got a lot of time to adapt but I think, you know, there's got to be a lot of kind of, there needs to be adaptation and um, just changes in the way that we, we view the world. Um, I say this to, all If we're going to in any way get through it. I was going to say, I say this all the time. Um, I am increasingly concerned that we, ha that we are passing the tipping points right now in Earth's climate. But even if we do pass the point of no return in Earth's climate, we could still save billions of lives by building, building resilience into communities, you know, like harvesting rainwater and uh, growing food indoors hydroponically on a mass, massive scale. And, um, you know, there's heat proof in our infrastructure, like our power lines and everything. We could make everything like more resilient. Um, like, you know, there's, there's lots of things we could do. And in Africa, like, we we need to we need to help them build like more water sources and more food sources that are climate proof. Um, I mean, because we're going to have the largest immigration, we're going to have the largest amount of people immigrating from Europe from Africa into Europe than has ever seen in the history of mankind, 
and it's going to become one of the it's going to become the largest humanitarian disaster in in the history of mankind, and we need to be putting systems in place in Africa to feed, house, and water people where they're living now to prevent this mm-hmm. from happening. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. It's um, yeah, yes, it is, and I think uh, you know that we have known. I mean, again, if 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 the government had put in place, um, you know, licenses for much more green energy for wind farms, um, solar, you know, done done that properly, and many years ago, um, and also. You know, I, I know that somebody, people like Jacob Rees-Mogg, he's always bleating on about, yeah, but, you know, we haven't got the storage, so it's all right when the wind blows and it's all right when the sun shines. But we have, we have, there are, if you, i just reading up about things a lot of the time where you've got people working on amazing batteries, sand batteries, you know, that will hold, um, will hold so much heat and sand is everywhere. You know, mm. they're not going to be they're not going to be expensive and you can store store masses, you know, massive amounts of energy with big enough batteries and so on. And yet the money's not, you know, the, 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 the money's not being put into that. The money's not being given to for people to to develop these um, these systems. Um it would appear, you know, it just doesn't because it's often you read about things uh, and then they kind of disappear from you know, nothing, nothing seems to ever to have happened with them. Um, really, really good ideas and really good, good ways, but just need to be scaled up. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, if it's not going to make the Tory Tories and their cronies, um, you know, a shed load of money, they're not interested. Um, you know, it has to come. It has to come. It has to come from the top. It has to come from the government. And um, as we know, they're failing us horrendously. Unbelievably, but yeah. Right. I mean, there are. You're quite right. You're quite right, Josh. There are so many. There are so many way things, really good things. But yeah, I mean, I think we. They reckon by the possibly by the end of this decade, there's likely to be half of Africa will be on the move because they can't live. They can't. You know, they can't live anymore um, in the areas that they're too hot. They're too dry. They're or sometimes too humid. Um, where there's a point where the humans actually, the body just collapses, the heart gives up. Um, so you're talking, you know, you're talking about those uh, to explain to people. That's um, that's called the uh, the wet bulb effect, where when you get to a certain temperature and a certain humidity, because of the humidity in the atmosphere, sweating no longer cools down the body, and if the body is unable to cool itself down, it will die within six hours. Uh, so the wet bulb effect is something that we right. were predicting to see, you know, like entire areas, say India, where they'll have a wet bulb effect and potentially millions of people will die, which is um, mm. where we're heading for, really, with these extreme weather events. And they already are. They already are, William. Yeah, well, they already are dying, you know, from... Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's. Um, I think, and again, yeah, this this social justice. So much of it is social justice, isn't it? Where we've we've caused so much of the problem, and it's the people in the global south who are suffering for it. I the other what's a statistic or thing I read the other day that I think the the carbon footprint. If we're going to go into carbon footprint, which I'm not sure about because I say that was 
was it BP or something, wasn't it, who coined the carbon footprint um, idea to try and, and, and make individuals responsible, try and make individuals rather than organisations responsible for carbon. Um, but they, um, I think that, yes, it's one, the whole year, somebody who lives in Malawi, their whole year's carbon emissions is equivalent to an American fridge. You know, huh. and yet they're the ones suffering. They're the ones suffering and they're the ones who will die. And the problem is, you know, I think, you know, I, I, you do wonder if, if, if it isn't, you know, people do, people in power in the north aren't just thinking, oh, well, if people die off in the south, there won't be so many people. But the problem is the people who need to die off, basically, if we're going to have anybody dying off, people in the in the global north or the in the in the, you know, because we're the ones who, who are who are um, causing the emissions. You know, there's so there's so little comes from the people in the global south um, that, uh, you know, they're not not only are they not responsible for past emissions, but they're also, you know, not not responsible for for or so little responsible for any of the emissions. And yet they're the ones suffering. It's a it's a it's yeah, yeah, it's it seems so. And, and we, we do so little to help, do so little to help. Yeah, difficult to know what to do about it. Um, yeah, but there are. Yeah, we just need say, to, I think, keep pushing for. Um, yeah. I just wanted to say, like, I saw something today on Twitter where it said uh, there's two, 2023 is expected to be the hottest year ever on, ever recorded on in on record with huge temperature spikes. And in the same day, um, the CEO of Shell have scrapped the idea of reducing oil production because they want to increase the profits. Like, I, I saw that today and it just made my blood boil. Like, I, I, I'm not advocating for violence and I'm not saying that anybody should become violent, but at what point does the climate movement stop being non-violent? At what point are people going to like say, right, we've had enough, march into the headquarters of Shell and walk the CEOs and board members out in handcuffs? Like, because... Yeah, I mean, they, they are they are the criminals, yeah. I mean, we know they are, they are the criminals. I mean, I don't think, yeah, yeah. It doesn't even have to be violence, really. I mean, they just, they need to be arrested. Um for acts of genocide, as as does our government, you know they they um, they're knowingly they are knowingly, um, yeah they are knowingly ruining, uh, you know yeah ruining the planet. They're knowingly, um, it's beyond jeopardizing. Evil. Well, they have jeopardized. It is. It, 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 I, I can't, I often, I just can't get my head around it. I cannot get my head around why, why this, you know, it's, um, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's extraordinary. It is, it is extraordinary. And I don't know, I mean, you know, we, I don't know how much longer we're going to have this government. When, when are we meant to be having elections? Is it? When, when is, when are the, like, the earliest uh, elections will be? I don't is even, it next year? I don't even know. Is it next year, early I next year? I think it's 2024, it but don't quote after? me on that. Yeah, I have a feeling it might. I do hope so, because it just, you know, this feels like, um, as it were, yeah, just 
yeah, treading water and going backwards with it, uh, treading hot water uh, with this government, because everything they do is just, yeah. I, I read that thing about Shell as well, and you just, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, I, I, is, it, is it because they know that oil is going to come to an end soon and they are trying to scrabble around to get as much as they can? Um, I don't know, you know, is it, is it something, because there was, wasn't there a, 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 um, an act in Parliament or a law was made that every last drop of oil had to be extracted, every last drop of oil that, that was, you know, that we, that we could possibly extract, we had, the law was that we had to extract it. I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it just it just defies <laughs> defies belief, doesn't it? Really, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you actually just go into kind of hysterical laughter, don't you? Because it's just so totally insane, totally insane. Um, but in the meantime, you know, it's it's um, yeah. You just keep. I, I don't have hope. I don't. Not sure how much hope I've got, but I've certainly. Um, you know, not going to give up on on things, you know, I will keep on, you know, I, I always say, well, I will, they always say, I guess, where there's life. But, you know, it's, um, it's interesting. I'm sure you find this as well, because, you know, once you actually wake up to how appalling the situation is, um, you actually live with it 24-7, you know. I mean, I, I don't do anything. I mean, just the whole climate thing is there the whole time, everything I do, you know, it's in the background. Um, yeah. Even just sort of like decisions on whether you boil your kettle at this point. And that's not to do, say, with money. It's to do with, say, the electricity you're using, you know. And we've got solar panels here. So, but it's, you know, so using, obviously using, uh, as as is sensible, using um, a, a electric, electric um uh, things when when the the sun's shining, but just everything you know, everything you do. I mean, I I had a little car, um, which I sold um, two or three months ago. I had a little Fiat five hundred. I hardly ever used it. Um, I partly sold it because there seemed to be quite a lot of court things coming up and and, and fines and so on. And I thought, well, you know, I need to have a a backup there. Um, and another thing I found out is that if I, if you actually go into prison, not on remand, but you go in having been sentenced as a, a pensioner, they actually stop your state pension. They stop it. They stop it when you go in, but if wow. you're on remand, you get it after when you, when you come out. But I had, I had my, my pension was stopped and that's it. I don't get that back. Now, what do I do when I, you know, if well, I stop because at the moment I, I am helped. Wait, they so they, 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 they stop the state pension and then does it does it start again when once you start once you come out? Well, you you get yes, you you get you, it starts again when you're when you're out, but pre previously on remand because you haven't actually been sentenced. And I think it's different if it's criminal or civil, but with a criminal, if you have a criminal, if you're on side on on a criminal charge, which um, public nuisance is considered to be, um, then you have. Um, then you're, you're, yeah, they, they stop your pension 
you get it you have you have to apply again when you come out you have to ring them up and say you know i want the, i need it reinstated but they don't backdate it which they have to, they do if you're on mm. run, but if you are sentenced which you know if you think about that somebody i mean at the moment i'm uh for this build we had my daughter took out a, a loan on it now i'm paying her back it's rather like rent i guess but if i haven't got the money to pay her back you know, she's, it, it impacts on her. Yeah. Um, and I suppose, you know, people say, well, you shouldn't get yourself into prison. Uh, but that's really not the point at this, in, uh, you know, <laughs> at the moment. That's not really. But yeah, so that's something, again, I, I need to do something about. I need to write. Um, and in fact, Inside Times, yeah, you might have come across Inside Times, one of the prison newspapers, nine years ago. They were talking about that, about people's pensions being taken. Because if you think somebody goes into prison and their partner or their children or whatever are reliant on, I probably maybe not children on an old age pension, but you never know, but their partner's reliant on this, you know, what do they do? Because that money goes. It's not there. So that's another, yeah. another, you know. I uh, want to... I want to ask you ask you a question. Um, so, in your opinion, how do you think the public will react when they finally realise how severely they've been betrayed by their governments on the climate crisis? Oh. I don't know. I just think I think there are a lot of people who they do realise or they say, yes, they know there's a climate crisis. Um, but they'll probably carry on reading their paper that tells them it's actually nothing to do with the government. Um, I don't know, Josh. I don't know. I mean, what do you reckon? I, I really don't know what's I going think, to happen. I think we're going to have uh, climate Nuremberg trials. I think I think of that one day. We're going to have the equivalent of uh, the Nuremberg trials uh, for CEOs and politicians, ex-politicians. Hopefully. Um, yeah, but I think the public will be out for blood. I think a lot of people, will, when they realise like they've been condemned, they're, they're, them, them and their children have been condemned to starvation through you know mm -hmm. politicians and corporation and ceos who were completely knew what they were doing when they were doing it um mm -hmm. i can't see how it couldn't uh go like that and even like um even like the uh, like the uh rupert murdoch who's been playing it down like people who played down like these people in my opinion are committing crimes against humanity like on a scale mm. that has never been seen before ever. Like this is going to, what the amount of suffering and pain and death that is coming from the climate crisis will dwarf any war there has ever been in history. Yeah. And it's the greatest crime anyone could possibly commit. And the fact that people like me and yourself are fighting against you know, the richest, most powerful people in the whole world and the governments at the same time 
to stop them from doing the greatest evil. And most people are even... Aware. Well, I think it's beginning to change. I think most people are beginning to wake up to the fact, but it's just surreal sometimes. Like, sometimes I just feel a bit like... It's just surreal, like, the situation we're in. It's, it's like a movie. It's like... It's like, I feel like my life has become a bit like a movie, you know, like trying to save the world from the government. <laughs> you know, it's just a bit messed up, really. Um, I want to ask you more about the emotion, your, your emotions, like, that drove you into action. Would you say that it was more emotion-based or was it more logically based? How, what, like, what was it that brought you to that decision? Um, yeah, I, I guess it's probably more emotion based. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually have an inner rage, um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't manifest itself. So I, but I have, I have an inner rage as to, as to against the, the, you know, people who've allowed this to happen. Um, I have, I, I am outraged as well. I'm outraged by the, and I'm completely I don't know. I don't know what the word I'd use, flummoxed or whatever, by the fact that people can do this. You know that that there are these people in power who who won't do the right thing because it's all to do with money. It's all to do with capitalism. You know, it's capitalism and and you know on the back of colonialism, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's um, you know we we ha we do need a whole system. We need a change of system. You know, capitalism. We cannot have. You know, it's just this whole thing of in, infinite growth on a on a finite planet. But no, it is. I think it's very much emotion based. I'm I'm I uh, I cry quite a lot. Um, I get quite emotional. I might do that now. I do. And, you know, when I think about the injustice, I think I've always I remember as a kid, I, I know I always had a, a, a great sense of justice, you know, of what was right and what was wrong. Um, and fairness, a sense of fairness, I guess. And I think it's this. It is the fact that this sense of fairness is, is I, I just don't understand how, you know, because you know, everybody on the planet is equal. You know, we are all we've all been born to this on this planet, and we are all we all have the the right to life. We all have the right to you know, um, a decent, um, a decent home. You know, a home, a roof over our heads, a, a you know, enough food, um, and yet there are you know, the greedy, there's always this, you know, such a disparity between the wealthy um, and the, you know, and there has been, obviously, there has been for years, but it's getting worse and worse. Um, I, don't, I can't remember how many billionaires or something were created during the pandemic. It was something like 400 billionaires created, you know. Um, and... Mm -hmm. What do they do with that money? You know, what do they do with that? You know, while the people in Africa are starving and people in this country are starving, for God's sake, we're the sixth richest nation. And we've got we've got these food banks, which, you know, you're talking talk about earlier, we've got all these food banks and we've got such poverty. Um, yeah. And and, you know, nobody's being held to account for this. It's not, you know. Um, yeah, so it is. I think it is very. It is emotional. It's an emotional, um, and I try to. Um, I try to. I read, read. Uh, you know, read a lot about around the. You know, around the the subject, and. Um, yeah, 
yeah, it's uh, which I'm sure it is with you as well. I don't know. Is it? Is it your? Would you say yours is emotional? I get the feeling with you. You're you're very caring and and concerned and thoughtful and bright person. Um, you know, with a lot of compassion. Um, I want to tell you. Um... Um, I want to tell you about a, uh, a a moment that I had whilst I was in prison. Um, I was uh, I, I got quite emotional. I was um, for quite a while. So I was just I was just tell you about a, a moment I had in prison. Uh, can you still hear me? Mm. Ba- basically, um, can you still hear me, Catherine? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so basically I was in prison and I've been in prison for about four months at this point and I'm, watch, I'm, watching, I'm, watch, I'm watching this film um, called Arrival, but to, in fact, a bit of context, for the last year I've been, try, I've been asking myself the question whether or not I should have children of my own. Like, should I bring children into this world knowing that the climate crisis will probably kill them? Like, you know, what's the point of having children? And I'm playing with this dilemma for quite a long time in my head. And I was in prison, um, and I've been there for about four months. And I was watching this film called Arrival. And it's a bit, it's a bit of a sci-fi film. There's um, there's a woman in it who can, she can see the future and the pe- and the present all, all at the same time in her head. And she's having these visions of this daughter she's going to have, this little girl. And she keeps having visions of like playing with this little girl, laughing, and you know all the things, cute things to do with kids. And um, and then she sees like when when the, when her daughter's like fifteen, she catches she catches like um, cancer, and then dies. And at the end of the film, she's talking about her decision. Like before she's had the child, she has to decide whether she's going to have the child, even though she knows it's going to grow up and then die in the early teens. Uh, and it was a very difficult decision for her, but she decided to have her child anyway because it was about the time, it was about all the good memories that they had together, and that was worth it. And I'm watching this, and I related it very strongly to about me having children and whether I should have children or not, and I just burst into tears because, like, I decided, like, I decided, like, yes, I'm going to have, I'm going to have children because it's about the good memories that you have with them. But I burst into tears because I realized like it shouldn't be like this. It shouldn't be like this where I'm having to make these decisions and think about these things, you know? And I, it just, I just felt so upset because I, I was in, I was literally in prison fighting for a, fighting for a better world, fighting for our children's futures, fighting, you know, for, for the right to have children and have, and have those children live you know, and it was just a very powerful moment for me. I just, I remember, I remember it now. I was literally like crying, but like I was angry, like sadness and anger at the same time. I was like, fuck, it's in the wall. I mean, like so angry at 
the people responsible for this unfolding situation that we're in. It is just, yeah. It justifies belief, like the level of evil that is is happening in licensing new oil and gas and covering it up with the media and profiting from it. It just, ah, oh. I uh, I feel very cheated actually because. You know, I'm 30 years old now. I should be, I should be like planning to have a family and planning a future and doing all these things. But I feel like that's been taken from me. You know, I feel like my, my, the future I should be planning for has been taken from me. And now I'm in this struggle to try and protect what's left and, I know I'm not the only person who, who's felt like this because I've, I've got friends. Uh, I've, I've I'll give you another example. I've got a friend in the uh, in Just a Pile. I won't name her, but she's uh, she's 19, and she should be in university right now. Like all of her friends have gone mm. off to university, and she wants to have this career working with kids, and she can't have it because she's got to try and safeguard the future of the human race. And he, and if she gets a criminal record, she won't be able to work with children. So she's like she's sacrificing her own wants, her own needs, and her own future for because of this situation. And she was she was telling me this, and she was genuinely like tearing up because she feels like she's been you know cheated out of a future. And I think a lot of young yeah. people yeah. in the climate movement who become aware of this feel the same way. Um. You know, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, absolutely. I, 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 it is. It's, it's, it is this awful thing of yeah, the dilemma of do you bring children in? I mean, I know there are different takes on this. That um, you know, having, uh, I guess it's always a difficult one, isn't it? it can get quite. We could could get quite um, so philosophical or not philosophical even ethereal about these things as to what why what is the purpose of life you know and what is the purpose of being being on on this earth and so on um and whether as you know the 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 thing of having that your as from your film you know no, even knowing that the time together is going to be short um if it's a if if you get a uh, uh, if you get an amazing sort of positive positivity and positive energy from that relationship with you and a child, uh, yeah, I, I I believe very strongly that um, positivity, you know, it, it's all it is all energy. I mean, everything is is, is energy really, and the positive. And this is why, as long as the positive energy in the world can outweigh the negative, then you know you're on a a kind of slightly more um, yeah, upward trajectory. I don't know if that's quite, I'm not sure if I'm making myself very clear there, or I don't know if I can see it that clearly. But um, yeah, it is this thing of, of, because in some ways, if you, if you say, I'm not going to have children, um, I can't bring children into this world. It's almost like saying it's going, well, we know it's going to be pretty bad, but it's also, is there any, um, 
is there any hope there? I mean, I've thought about this, and quite honestly, Josh, I'm not sure if I were having children now, if I were your age now, I'm not sure I would have children, you know, even though it's something that I knew that I always wanted. And, you know, I'm I'm fortunate that I, that, you know, I had two children, they're now grown up, you know, I've got the grandchildren, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge, it's a huge one. Um, I have to say, I see small children around and I think, you know, blimey, you know, this is, and this, yeah, and this is why I think I do this because, you know, th these children have got no voice. You know, my grandchildren have no voice. They can't, they, 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 there's no way at the moment that they can do anything about what's happening, you know, on a political level or whatever. You know, they're supposed to be having their lives. Um, so, yeah, no, it, it's, a, it's, um, it's a very difficult one. It's a very difficult one. Um, yeah, and I and I and I, I it's not it's not something that I would want to have to to do. You know, I, I'm not envious of you at all having to you know think about this and make decisions and whether it's the right one. I think you make a decision, and you know, um, yeah, yeah, and 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 yeah, whatever decision you make. Um, you never quite know, do you? Whether you never quite know whether you made the right one or not. Um, but yeah, it's hard. It's so hard. And that again is something that's you know, God's sake, you know, the, having to having to make that sort of decision. I have, uh, I have so made, unfair. I have made a decision now. You have. I've, uh, I've decided that um, I am going to have. I've. I have made a decision. Uh, yeah, so I've decided that I am going to have children. Uh, that 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 was the moment I decided it when I was telling you about in prison, like um, when she was saying it's about the times that you had, the good times, the good memories that you've got together, and how how that was worth it. That was worth the pain that came afterwards. Mm. And I think that's true, really. Mm. Um, mm. But it just feels it feels profoundly unfair that I'm even having to consider this mm. you know yeah 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 it is it's so unfair it's so unfair yes it's always I mean I yeah it's always the thing isn't it do you think how I always feel with you know if if, if when you die I mean if you die and it's just sort of you know from old age or if, I don't know if it's quick. I, I just, I just can't. What I can't bear is the idea of suffering. You know, it's. It, it, but there again, you know, who? <laughs> I don't know who. Who are we as individuals to choose how somebody else? What happens in somebody else's life? You know, um, we know. Yeah, I guess you get the better to have loved and lost than never to have loved, and I think that kind of goes with that as well. Yeah. You know. Another thing that I wanted to ask you, like, what was it like? Um, what was it like for you leading up to your your first block of Insular Britain? I remember the day because I was there as well. But what was going through your mind on that first day when you were heading towards that junction of the M25? Was you scared? Yeah, 
yeah yeah it was kind of yes and no I mean yes I was but I I kind of it just felt to be the felt the right thing to be doing I was really nervous I think that whole fortnight that I was there I don't think I slept pretty much that whole fortnight you know it was uh, I feel pretty wired most of the time and um yeah yeah really nervous you know for god's sake you know going out onto main road and 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 you know not knowing what the reactions would be and so on um but when we went out on the road because i think we were very we were very um you know we knew where we were we we you know we we practiced we'd done all the safety and everything uh, when we went out on the road and we sat down and I felt this actual real calm come over me. Mm-hmm. I felt it was, I think some of the nervousness was actually not achieving, not getting there, maybe being found before we got there, etc. Yeah, You know, that sort of thing was. Um, and actually when we, I sat on that road and yeah, I, I, I yeah, there was a, I, I felt, I felt it, that it was the right place to be and I actually felt very calm um, and kind of in myself you know I mean it was a grave situation you know where there were blocking you know it was very um, um, yeah it, it's not so it's not fun and games is it no. um, but yeah I, I, I felt I felt that I felt I was in the right place um, yeah, very much so. And um, did you feel similar, or were your emotions different? Um, well, I was I was very nervous going into it. Uh, I was nervous the night before. I was nervous on the way there. Um, mm-hmm. But once I actually sat down, I kind of I did find I, it was the same for me as well. I kind of found like that calm feeling of like, you know, I knew I was doing the right thing even the the amount of you know chaos it was causing and anger it was causing like mm. it kind of sat right with me like i know i'm doing the right thing here um yeah and i've got my integrity and that's something that no one can take from me you know mm. did you so i want to ask you another question like you know when you was going to prison for you know for telling the judge that you are going to continue at least you got to keep your integrity right is that something that you felt yes yes it felt um yeah it's different i mean it felt it felt the right thing it felt good to actually stand up and say I'm not afraid you know I knew I knew I knew that I was going to be sent to prison for it um and it was it felt um you know powerful is quite the right word but you know I I I wasn't going to be intimidated um because I knew that what I was doing was the right thing and to actually say yes, I will carry on, and actually tell him I was going to carry on, because um, that was what he, with all of us, he was very keen to know, um, 
you know, whether we were going to carry on. I think that was very much, you know, his whether he was going to do what, what, what you know, sentencing he was going to give us. And, um, yeah, uh, to actually stand there. And I, and I said to him before I read out my statement, because we all read out, as you would know, you all have a chance to read out a statement, which is not really much good at the end, because, you know, you haven't got the jury there. You're not allowed to say anything with the juries there, but, you know, you can with the judge. Um, yeah, and I told him, I said right from the start, I said, I just want to make it absolutely clear that I will not stop, that I will be continuing in civil resistance. Um, so that's, yeah, so I, I, I kind of told him at the start that I was going to carry on. And then I read out my, my statement. Um, yeah, so um, I think we are, we are, we are, you know, individuals where one person on their own can't is 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 it's difficult to do anything but you know together we're powerful and together we're strong and i feel that this is you know part of the part of the it's a shame we have to fight this isn't it have to fight for a better future um or fight for a future but yeah i, I it, it it felt possibly rather like sitting on the road i felt that i was being true to myself um yeah that's always a that's always a good feeling always a good feeling yeah it is yes oh oh yeah um i don't know how i'd uh how i'd live myself you know if i wasn't doing this stuff no no me neither it's uh yeah it's 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 hard a lot of the time. I'd love just to be, you know, walking in the hills and reading my books and pottering and things like that. But in some ways, gosh, you know, they always say new things keep you young. <laughs> so I'm I'm kind of <laughs> keep on having new experiences, and uh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm it's <laughs> I'm uh, I'm kind of. Yeah, it does. Keeps you on your toes, you know, and uh, um, it's uh, it's something I will carry on. I will carry on, you know, either until things are a whole lot better. Would you better, recommend? Which is... Would you recommend other people? Would you recommend other people going to civil resistance? Absolutely. I don't know why there aren't more. I mean, you know, people say, why do you do it? I say, why don't, why do you not, you know, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a, there's an awful lot of that. I know people are in different positions and some people can't, you know, and we need, you need the people to do the, you need people to support, et cetera, et cetera. And often, you know, within one's family, you know, you'll get, and also within families, you'll get one person who will be doing the actions and somebody else who's kind of supporting and so on. There again, you get couples and they both go out on, on action, etc. You know, not everybody can do it, but there are an awful lot of people out there, especially people of my age, for God's sake. You know, um, my thing is, you know, get out there and, and do something. You haven't got a job to lose. You haven't got, you know, it, it, it's it just, yeah, I guess it's people getting over their fear. Um, and because we are, yeah, for goodness sake, we're all, we've all been brought up, I was brought up to be law abiding, you know, and you didn't break the law, you didn't, 
you know, but there are laws that are bad laws and, you know, good people break bad laws. So there we go. Um, yeah, but no, I definitely, I mean, I, you know, I would definitely recommend, I would hmm. recommend it. It's not easy. It's not easy, but um, yeah, it's, uh, I just, yeah, it has to be done. It has to be done. Well, do you know what? Um, I was going to ask you what you want to say to the listeners or the public, and I think you've just given me a really good answer right there, to be honest. Um, right. Per personally, I would also recommend going to Civil Resistance. Um, I, can, I can directly say that I am encouraging you to join Just the Poil and Cause Mayhem. Uh, for any of uh, the lawmakers who are listening to me speak. I might get in trouble for that in the future. But one thing I can say is that it has been one hell of an adventure. Um, really has. And, it's st and it still is. Is there anything else you'd like to say for a, for a round up? Um, no, just say thank you very much, Josh. It's been it's been a pleasure talking to you and thank you for listening and um yeah, yeah. Yeah, just keep 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 going, keep going, uh just keep going and yeah, pick get people, yeah, come and join for goodness sake. You know, it's it's um we need everybody. Um and if you care, if you care about your loved ones, if you care about your the, the future, um, you know, we need to, we've got to fight these, I don't know, fight's the wrong word, possibly, I don't know, one doesn't like to think of it in those terms, but it is to a certain extent. Um, and hope, just, just you know, hope that I, mm. we get some sort of change that, that will, that will actually, you know, but the time's running out, you know, this is the thing, we just do not have a lot of time. We keep being told that, you know, we've got time is running out. We are a critical, critical time for the whole planet, for biodiversity. I mean, we mustn't forget that as well for humanity and up biodiversity, all species. Um, yeah. And yeah, just get out, get out, join, join, just stop oil. And or, you know, any of the, the, the movements at the moment, it's just stop oil. Um, it, it is the one that's going, doing, doing the, you know, but there are, many strands um I'm, and and the co whole coalition of the whole coalition of, of groups that are are protesting under that banner yeah 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 there's a well there's, there's many groups similar to that around the world as well so um and uh, i just want to clarify to everyone if you can't be arrested the, it's not the end of the world like there are many other things you could do uh there's lots of supporting roles with it uh in just a pile and, and many other movements like uh you can do there's admin work to be done uh if you're good with spreadsheets we need you uh we need like hr people and uh, people with different lots of different skills to really come together and help if you've got um a spare room and say you're in london or you're in birmingham or wherever you could host a climate activist who's in court in that city or who's doing action in that city for a few days. Or you could donate. You can donate. Um, uh, yeah, so there's many things you could do. Um, 
Yeah, and uh, I'm going to round up my finish by saying, if you like, if you like what you've seen today, then please like and subscribe to wherever you're listening to this on, because we're on we're on Spotify and all the uh, streaming platforms now, all the podcast platforms. Um, in the link to the description, you'll find a Patreon account uh, because we want to get ourselves some proper, decent recording equipment, like a, a couple of cameras and a couple real microphones, because as it stands right now, we're using phones. Um, yeah, well, uh, and please share this with your friends and family if you found it, if you found it interesting. Um, goodbye, everybody. Bye. Thank you, Josh. We are that tongue that speaks the truth. We are the song upon the wind. We are the courage to stand forth. We are the change that now begins. On this good green earth, we will take a stand with an open heart and a healing hand. With an open heart and a healing hand.